0: Buller Jack's weekly interview is presented by University of Utah Health, trusted health care provider for the Utah Jazz family and yours. Buller, good morning. Hey,
1: David James, PK.
0: How are what you? Up? What up? What's up? I'm nope. good. Good? Good, good. How surprised were you? By the news, Derek Favors is coming back. Because when he left, he didn't shoot the three well enough, and offensively it was limiting him, but now he's back and he's going to fix the defense and nobody's worried about the offense. Is that because of the acquisitions they made in the meantime? And he's going to be out there with Rudy, but they'll have Bogey and uh, Mitchell's a better player than when he left, and Bogdanovich wasn't here when he was here last time, and they'll put him out there with, I don't know, maybe Mike Conley. He wasn't here last time. Is that going to fix the offense?
1: Um, you know, I still think the league's a three point league, uh, as we have all discussed. But you know what, DJ, the, the Derek Favors acquisition, I think, of two things offensive rebounds, some second chance points, good hands, great hands, pick and roll, uh, but still a 15 foot jump shooter when he wants to take a shot outside. So, no, it doesn't fix, you know, the fact that if you need more threes in this league. But you get a guy who knows the system, good in the locker room, fan favorite. Uh, and, again, my thought is what has he learned in New Orleans and what has Gobert learned and how do they uh, have a second opportunity, so to speak, on coexisting. If they do play together or if, you know, they, if Quinn decides to go smaller with faves, uh, it, it, it's an intriguing decision. Uh, but you make a great point. That Donovan's better. Bogey's here, and Mike Conley uh, also is here since uh, since we last saw Derek Favors. So it's an intriguing decision, man. You know it really is. And a guy, I think that the price was right, most likely, and the fact uh, he didn't seem too engaged when I talked to him in New Orleans. I mean, you know, was, he realized it was an opportunity, but he was very much uh, mentally. Uh, tied into this franchise, and I, I'm, uh, you know, everything that I've seen, he is excited as can be to be back.
0: Yeah, I would also add uh, more of a benefit was particularly with Joe Ingles on the pick and roll, because I yeah. think they, those two had something going on, and you can pick up right where they left off. It's not like it needs to be a developing situation.
1: Yeah, PK, spot on. You know, that pick and roll, Joe does it as good as anybody, as well as anyone in the league, and Obviously, I think Rudy benefits from Joe, too, because it seems like, you know, the frustration comes with Donovan, I think, at times when Rudy, you know, makes public declarations that he wants more touches. It's what you do with those touches. And, you know, sometimes those touches, unless it's perfectly placed, as you know, uh, those will turn into turnovers And then fast break opportunities uh, down the floor, unless you get back defensively. Uh, But you know Joe's a magician, and the hands of favors is uh, is something that you can't argue with. And I'm with you. I I think that one two punch will return with ease. And you know Derek's hands uh, on offensive rebounds and putbacks, and he's always had the ability to go 12, 15 feet. But you know Locke and I talked a, a couple of days ago, and I didn't realize. Um, because lock is lock, but last year 22% three-point shooter was defaved. so that that, that he will not be, uh, you know, a three-point threat. But a 15-foot jumper, yeah, we've seen plenty of that during his career.
0: So. I know people inside the organization were stressed about getting Clarkson back. I think there were maybe people inside the organization who were very confident about that, but I don't yeah. know that everybody was very confident about that. Uh, have you heard anything since he signed? Was he ever close to leaving? Was it really, hey, this was a good spot and he knew it and uh, it was always going to work out, they just had to go through the process? Where? How did that play out, you think?
1: You know, DJ, that's a great, great question. Of all the discussions, you know, with Faves and, you know, Jordan, Really, I haven't seen as much public comment about Clarkson's return from him personally. I know the, his teammates were excited to have him back, and uh, but I think he really down deep. I can't speak for him, but I think it was a great situation. Um, you know, he kind of got a—they threw him a life a life raft. You know, coming out of Cleveland with the trade with Dante, and look what he did. I mean, you got to give credit to Quinn too, who trusted. Clarkson in every which way I mean more than I thought you'd be involved in the offense as that sixth man but the green light was always on it's hard to get that type of let's say from a player standpoint I can't imagine that you would feel that much confident from a confidence from a coach so if you want to look at a perfect situation I would think this was very good for Jordan Clarkson the money was was better and I think he enjoys again playing for Donovan uh, with Donovan and Rudy and Joe and Bogey coming back. I think he sees a pretty good situation and, and a hard one to turn down. That's just me, because he's going to be the center point, the focus, the focus of the second unit, and also you know slides in and finishes games you know at times in the fourth quarter. So I, I think it's a good deal for both 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 parties.
0: And of course, there's the Mitchell thing, which was no surprise, but. You know, he didn't necessarily have to do it. He was going to get the money if he wanted it, but I think that it's more than that because that's going to be available. It's about a commitment that I think he's willing to make.
1: Yes. You know, and there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the the fifth year or the opt-out year, and, you know, he's going to have a chance to make bonus money if he becomes a first team, second team, third team, all, all, all NBA player, PK. Look, I think there's outs for everybody in contracts. And I know some fans were saying, gosh, you know, where's the dedication? Well, look, I mean, he's in his fourth year. Uh, The the kicker starts next year. And, you know, you know that this guy, I think, unless I am just totally out in left field, that the guy's dedicated to this franchise. I mean, he's 24. Uh, He's done things that that gives you that wow factor, right? And the leadership, PK, where do you put that on the list? And, again, I'm not picking on Hayward. Maybe I am. But the bottom line is leadership's tough to find. And when someone wants to lead, it's a beautiful thing. And Donovan at 24 is not only leading the Jazz, but PK and DJ. He's also made a statement as a league leader, you know? And I, I tell you, that's special. And I, I I, think he has shown the Jazz and, and Jazz Nation that, look, I'm here. I want to win. I want to win now. And I, maybe that's really the the. If you if you break this down for new ownership in Ryan Smith that would maybe be the message in this contract is let's do it let's do it now and uh, move forward and I think the way that what I've heard through you know people who know Ryan very well he's an all-in guy and that's good um, and so I think that plays a part of this and, and Donovan obviously has a you know uh, an out uh, if if that's what he wants to do but most players do have that especially at his level but i think I think he's a guy dedicated to this franchise and hopefully the jazz can deliver i mean it's all about winning titles it's all about being competitive not just as a seventh seed in the west but being an actual you know top seed playing for western conference championships and that 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 opportunity to go uh to an nBA championship round.
0: So how do you uh how do you rank the top three or four teams in the West? Who's there, who's in, who's out, who do you like, who do you not trust?
1: Well let's let's talk about it. I mean DJ, I tell you, man, it, it's a buzzsaw every year. I mean, you you guys know that. I you know, I don't see the Lakers have still a couple of uh if I'm not mistaken, a couple of roster spots to fill, but they just have a knack with LeBron uh to mm-hmm. Pretty much do as they please. I would have put a week ago, Golden State back in this mix, but now you knock them off the board in the sense of a real contender because of Clay's injury. Clippers, um, I don't know the chemistry is going to work with Paul George. I mean, some of the comments he had in the bubble I thought were just uh, bizarre, you know, that we weren't supposed to win now. Well, I, I believe you were. And that was the whole thing. There's young teams. Phoenix is intriguing. Dallas Porzingis won't be back, I guess, until after the first of the year. If then Houston seems to be blown up. Uh, New Orleans, you know, with Zion. We'll see the Spurs. I never can out just because of Pops. And then again, you got the Blazers, you know, with Damian and C.J. McCollum. So you know, it's the same list, right? Don't it's the same list, and it's hard to stack. You know, one through eight, one through nine, one through ten now because of the play-in opportunity that the league's going to deal out. But, man, I tell you, night after night, it's it's a buzzsaw, and you've got to be ready. But the bottom line to PK, DJ, is that you have to stay healthy and you have to have depth. And uh, that's really kind of way I think it comes down to. If LeBron, who's going 35, going on 36, I'm just wondering when does father time catch him but I don't see it happening anytime real soon. And you hope, you know, he's an incredible player to watch, but he does dominate and he does have the opportunity to grab players who will help, help him win yet another championship. So, again, it's, it's stacked. And it's hard to pick him of where they're, you know, how, they're, how it's all going to stand out and finish.
0: What do you think of their draft?
1: Well, you know, as a bookie, um, I think I was surprised, PK. Um, I I, I I'm always surprised because, I, you know, we always talk about well, the Jazz is going to get—a wing defender, and a three-point shooter. But they go big, but also they move two bigs: Ed Davis and, and Tony Bradley. So it, it makes sense if that was the 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 game plan to open up some cap space and bring in a rookie big uh, to develop. Faves really kind of takes the. The centerpiece of backing up Gobert, obviously, but I'm anxious to see what this the big guy can do. Uh, looking at the video and talking to some of my buddies back in the Midwest, I mean, they've all always kind of been intrigued with him. Uh, it's all about staying in shape, and they like his feet. Uh, but again, it's it's rim rim play, which is you know what we kind of expect from from bigs in this league. But the morphing of the big has already begun. I mean, most of them can shoot from outside uh so I'll wait and take a look at Azabuki when he's when he's on the floor and look at the range but the Elijah uh Hughes kid from uh Syracuse I heard your interview with Boeheim. I mean didn't you guys feel like he is potentially uh, has the ability to step in I mean I yes. that's kind of what I got he's a <laughs> yeah. four-year guy but I was like wow I mean, Beheim, you know, his resume is impressive, and I, I got to trust some of the you know trust the way he's you know looking at his talent of, of players. But you know, I know he transferred up there to Syracuse, but from what I gather, gathered from your interview, the guy Beheim felt confident he could fit this system very well. So let's hope maybe it's another Royce O'Neill gem where you you know you, you have to hit once in a while on a player. Uh, and maybe this is one of those opportunities again where uh, Dennis and Justin Zanek did just that. We'll you know we'll find out together.
0: You know the thing about Beheim is that uh, I expect college coaches to come on and really pump up their guys. Yeah, but he got really specific, and I thought when he got really specific about getting his own shot multiple times, and then with the Jeremy Grant. Uh, analogy. Who's kind of like with an uh, Jeremy Grant? He's like, guys, it's right in front of you. Can't you see it? You know that made me. <laughs> that made what me kind of set make? aside that you're as college coach. Of course, you're going to be saying good things about him.
1: Yeah. What did you, What do you say about Jeremy Grant? Look at the payday. What did he just yeah. sign for? You yeah. know. And uh, yeah, I think you know too. PK DJ. When you talk about players who have four years, it seems like a lot of GMs just you know hide their head. Um, you know, close their eyes. I mean, remember the Jazz. Wesley Matthews was dynamite. I mean, the Jazz had him for only one year, then he took off. And obviously, he's had a heck of an NBA career despite that Achilles. But you know, they're mature. Um, you know, Wes Matthews, Wesley Matthews, a score, and Elijah. He led the ACC. People, it, it, those those numbers are real. That's good competition. Syracuse is well known in the college basketball ranks, and you know that tells you a lot about a kid who can make that adjustment at the transfer and still go out and lead the ACC in scoring so I'm excited to see him in well I don't know how much camp I'm going to see uh, with the situation at hand um, I'm not sure if the jazz open up uh, any of the uh the practice facility, but maybe on a zoom we'll get a chance to see him work out um, uh, at Zion's basketball campus, but you know, he may be one of those guys that we, you know, in a year or two, go, "Wow, what a pick!" And I hope that's the case because you have to hit once in a while, and it's uh, it would be great if the Jazz uh, hit on 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 Elijah.
0: Go Aggies, huh?
1: Go Aggies. How about the Utes? How about BYU?
0: Were you stunned by BYU being fourteen? Wow,
1: Yeah, it was. But you know, I I just pulled up yesterday, and it's still on my computer. Um, You know, I'm just looking at uh, you know the schedule. What do you guys? I mean, look, maybe nice one to start the season. Maybe uh, Niematalolo and the midshipmen really were not prepared, and they haven't had that great of a year. But I think when you look at the votes, I mean, Houston, you know, on the road, 43-26, Boise State dominant um, up on the blue turf, but. I, I, you know, you know how this works. It's it's strength of schedule and who you did beat. And I, you know, I, I was talking you know yesterday, and I, I just wonder. Hate to open up this conversation again, but is it time to 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 think it again, rethink it again? I mean, I don't know if you have a conference, if that would make a difference, where you can dominate in the Mountain West, set up nice you know rivalries with Boise State. Uh, I'm just not sure, again, I, I, I understand BYU had to do whatever they could to get a football schedule put together, so believe me, I get it. But still, I think when you look at 14, PK and DJ, Texas State, North uh, North Alabama, uh, University of Texas, San Antonio, uh, Troy, uh, you know, that plays a factor. It has to. Uh, when you're looking at other teams that play in the Power 5 conferences, I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, and But I know the argument from Cougar fans is, look how we dominated those teams. No doubt. No doubt. And Zach has had, you know, numbers that are just as, man, the Sarkeesian days. Um, and I don't know. I can't remember a quarterback from BYU who has been so prolific uh, over the last 20 years, 15, 20 years. And he's dominated teams. But still, that hasn't, doesn't prove to be enough to, you know, I thought maybe top 10, but 14. Uh, that surprised me. It really did.
0: Well, Bowler, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on.
1: All right, guys. Take care. We'll see you soon.